Welcome to this To Tell Us Die podcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly and Bob and I are sitting here today. We're really excited to welcome you into a conversation that we had with a live Facebook and Instagram audience. And it was something that was really pressing on our hearts today. We're talking about Satan's voice, if you can believe it. We teach a course on hearing God's voice, which is the primary thing to know is what does God's voice sound like and what is what is he saying to us? It's so, so, so important. But you know what? The reality is, is that Satan comes in and tries to discourage us because that's his job. And that is a reality. Before we go into this conversation, I do want to give you a little invite. It's actually a really big invite. I want to invite you into our five-day Finding Calm Challenge. If you haven't heard, this thing is amazing. It is really unbelievable. You guys, it's blowing our mind. It's five days with me and more importantly with Jesus. And we get to walk you through some tools, some tips, and some really deep healing in the areas of anxiety, fear, and just feeling like life is toppling over us. And what we do is we take you through five days of finding calm. Here's what you do. This is absolutely free. Go to this website. You ready for it? Calm Challenge. Dot com. That's www.calmchallenge.com and you will be able to register for our next Calm Challenge. And you know what? It'll change your life. So let's head into the conversation. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for coming on here tonight. You know, it would be very abnormal for us to come on live on a Friday night, Bob. Absolutely <laughs> abnormal, but we are living in very abnormal times. So um, I'm just really glad that you're here. We're going to give you guys just a couple seconds here to get on live with us. We have two different cameras. We have a Facebook and an Instagram. So if our eyes move around here a little bit, that's why. So we just want to welcome you guys and we're so happy that you're here. Um, so the subject about hearing Satan's voice, it sounds pretty darn dramatic, doesn't it? Um, it's something that I've been chewing on for the last couple of days. And this morning I was really, really overcome with a right now word to deliver tonight. And Bob and I started talking about this morning and I was really moved to tears because of what I saw happening when Satan gets his way. And so what we want to do is we want to share some encouragement with you tonight. We want to encourage you that, um, that what is Satan's voice? What does it sound like? And what is, what's going on there? And how can we, um, 100% move in the direction of God's voice and really trying to sort this out. And it's actually pretty basic. You know, um, I don't know how long we're going to be on here. We didn't set up an exact time, but we just want to be able to really get some stuff out for you that should um, really clarify what's happening right now. So um, let's just pray. I just want to pray really quick. And I just want, I want the Lord to really reveal some things to each of our hearts and even things that we won't say, Bob, I know that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to um, people listening tonight. So Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, God, that you are, that you are on this, that you are in this, um, you are in this message, Father, because it's your message. You want to get out to people that you are, um, you're excited for our steps that we're taking. You're excited for our yes. You are calling us forward. You are calling us onward, Father. And I thank you, God, that we are going to grow in wisdom wisdom tonight, that we're going to grow in understanding of what you're calling us to do, Lord. And I ask you, God, to um, just supernaturally infuse us with your power and your wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I felt that um, the enemy has really been really, really amping up his discouragement to um, kingdom people. And in this time, you know, we've been talking about revival. We've been talking about the great awakening. We've been talking about the times that we're living in, which are so exciting. It's so exciting where the times that we're living in. But I also know that when we start heading towards the thing that the things that God has called us to, and I believe that God is awakening some things in your heart to do. He's awakening messages in you, even messages that go to your family, messages that go to your spouse, messages that you probably need to get out on social media. He's awakening some things inside of you, maybe even messages that are written in books that you haven't yet really finished. I mean, there's, there's some things inside of you that need to be said. There's no 
um, mistake or there's no coincidence is the better word, why there's the whole mask thing going on, like putting something over our voice. And so I believe that God is calling you um, to uh, really advance the kingdom of God. He's calling all of us to do that. And so the enemy is moving in heavier. He just is, you guys. He's moving in heavier. He's bringing his threats. He's bringing his discouragement. But the reason that we're on here tonight is because he doesn't come with horns and a tail. You know, that would be awesome because then I'd be like, oh, hi, Satan. It's you. Right. But he comes. um, He comes to tell you things that are true and he uses facts to try to discourage you. And he'll even make his discouragement sound like he's trying to help you. And he's very, very cunning and very, very sly. So, Bob, I'm going to have you comment here in a minute. But what I thought I would do is share just a little bit about my personal experience with this. And, um, you know, we've been in front of audiences for years. We started a business when we were very young, 20 years ago, over 20 years ago now. And we started this business. We started talking to people and really using our voice in large crowds. And, you know, right when you start using your voice to help people develop and help people advance their life, you start hearing what a loser you are. You know, you thought you heard that when you were in junior high. Well, man, baby, it's coming hardcore and it's going to hit you from many different directions. And what happens is you hear things like you're really embarrassing yourself or you should really be quiet. Nobody understands you. And so just this last, I'm I'm actually just going to go back. We are doing something called a five day calm, um, five day finding calm challenge. It was a five day challenge. We're actually going to do one again, starting Monday. It was really awesome. You guys, I mean, the Lord just blew in and did incredible things in people's hearts, but I need to show you behind the scenes what was happening. So the last day of the, of the, of the challenge, we were doing some uh, very deep ministry work that was really, really powerful. And that morning I woke up, it was Friday of last week. I woke up and I very strongly heard the Lord say, this is what we're going to do. And he showed me something very specific. I got very specific instructions. Fast forward to that evening, we were doing this last workshop and I'm telling you like a crick in my neck and a stabbing shooting pain up the side of my head. And I'm like, the show must go on. I'm going to be doing this. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to ignore this. And then I start hearing for the first 15 minutes of an hour workshop, I hear nobody is actually understanding what you're doing. Don't, you don't realize, but people on the other side are actually confused. Like nobody's getting it. And I'm hearing this for 15 minutes. Now, many of you are probably in that calm challenge. We had hundreds of people. And if you were, go ahead and just give me an emoji because I want to see you right now. I, I, I love to share what's going on um, on the other side because even though the Lord has graced us to do something and there was so much grace, so much grace for 15 minutes, I was having to focus so intently on and fix my eyes on Jesus because there was a yapper in my ear. When I got done, Rachel was on the other side of the camera and she was doing the camera work and she shuts it off and she goes, oh my gosh, Jenny, people are freaking out because she's watching all the comments. And I'm like, in a good way? Because I'm like, I hope so. Because what I was hearing was that it was bombing. Now I didn't believe it was bombing, but I just want you to know that in my own life, the enemy has turned up, he has turned up the volume because he is wanting to discourage me. And here's the thing, he can't take my calling but if somebody beats you hard enough and you get weary, then he just says, it'd probably be easier to hand it over, right? It'd probably just be easier to hand it to me. And, and I'm not going to do that. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. But I do know if he's doing it to me, he's doing it to other people and he's doing it to you, especially if he is, if the Lord is speaking to you and he's calling you and he's just, and you're feeling like, okay, I need to draw. I'm, 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 I'm needed. I'm needed on the kingdom court. I'm needed right now. Then you're going to hear some very discouraging things. Right. And so rule number one is it's not rule, but whatever point number one, it's normal. It's normal for you to be harassed by the enemy and you have, and, and the, the danger is if we don't know it's the enemy. So there's a, several other things I want to say about this, but Bob, what are, what are your thoughts so far as we, as we kind of uncover this? Well, as, as you're finishing up there, there, there has to be an awareness. I mean, that's where you, you have these things come in your mindset and there's got to be an awareness of really where that voice is coming from. I remember 
21 years ago when we started dating, I, I was not, um, when you hear, when I heard the word Satan 21 years yeah. ago, I just, I didn't, I, it was, it was a fantasy land. And I remember you asking me specifically, do you believe in God? I was like, yes, I believe in God. And he goes, and then you asked the question, now this is our second day. So th- this is part of the, the attraction that I had for you. The <laughs> boldness that I, that you had, uh, was incredible. And, um, so the second question you followed up with is, do you believe in, believe in Satan? I was like, no, I don't believe, I believe, I believe everything's good. And, and, you know, God is good. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's funny 21 years ago to my perspective and, and really where I'm at today, because there's people out there that really don't understand that there's opposing forces. Yeah. There's something that's speaking to you. That's really God. It's the voice of God that, and, and a lot of times the voice of, of the opposing force who is Satan, even though he has no power, his, his bark is very loud. And so yeah. it really starts clouding out to really the voice of God that's trying to tell you and, and what he's going to attack is your calling. And so we just have to be aware of, of really the tactic of the enemy. And it is, and it is a tactic. Um, he's very um, clever. Um, he has no power, but he's very clever and he's going to attack you. I, I remember it was only two months ago, Jenny, uh, we were at church and, and, you know, we, we were, were co-leading um, along with, really the, the image of what we see the church is a group of hundreds of people that are leading church church. They are the church. Jesus is a cornerstone of our, of our church, but we're a part of this, this leadership. And I remember I, I sat down and I said something and, and I'm not the prototypical pastor where I really do have a very minimal filter, which is what can be dangerous, a slippery slope, um, in, in my mindset. But I, I, uh, I remember stepping down and I said something and I was like, you, you were, you were such a moron, Donnelly. Why did you even say that? Um, you should, you should have prepared more. You should not have shared what's on your heart because what your heart is, people do not want to hear. It's amazing how, um, now when I start telling myself that, that, you know, you should just quit. It's just time to move on. It's time for, you know, Ben and Heather and it's time for Jenny. They can, they can be the voice of the collective church and you can just step down and, 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 um, yeah. be smiling Bob. Um, I'm aware of that. And, and so did was, you know, in that moment, the enemy is taking a run at it. Well, here's, here's the reality with it is that you're at, at, at first, even the most mature Jesus follower, um, will hear that and actually find out that it might be true for a, for a glimmer because it stirs up an emotion. And sometimes when an emotion is stirred up, that's just going to stir up action. Uh, unless we take that thought captive and realize it is from the opposing force of God, the opposing force of our calling in, in, in our life. Um, it, so it takes a few seconds for me. It does take, I, I, I've, I've mastered that where um, I don't hold it captive for, for 30 minutes to an hour or for some people months, sometimes years of holding back their destiny that God called them to do. And, um, I've, I've just trained my mindset that when I, when I hear things like that, um, I take a captive and send it really words. If, if it's um, second Corinthians 10, five talks about taking every thought captive. And really I take a thought captive and filter it through who I know that God has called me to be and do. So I, I think we all need to be aware. We need to be aware of, of the tactic and especially we need to be aware when things are very, very quiet. Yeah. Um, uh, it's amazing when you really don't have anything to do, when you can't zone out on going to the movies or entertainment or things like that, that you can really zone out when you can't go to work. Uh, there, there are certain things that, that happen. And when it's quiet, man, I'm just telling you, that's when um, the, um, the opposing force of God, Satan, he is, um, he's like a, a little tiny dog that is really, really tiny, but he's got a loud bark and it is so annoying and it can deter you from your destiny, I believe. Yeah, that's so true. That's so good. Well, I was thinking about this today, how if the enemy has been really coming at you, or let's just say this, maybe you haven't even thought it's been the enemy, but you have this just kind of some discouraging thoughts. Like, what was I thinking that I was actually going to do that? Or yeah. why did I think I was going to go live on Facebook? Like I was going to do it. And now that I'm here, what am I even doing? Like, like you're, you're, you're really second guessing yourself. You guys, that is the enemy. That is the enemy because the last thing he wants is us encouraging each other in Jesus. That is the last thing he wants. And so I have a couple of things I want to share with you. The first one is a dream that I had a week ago. And the dream was, is pretty hilarious. I was being recruited and asked to be on an NBA basketball team. Powerful. 
<laughs> okay. This is hilarious so that's because very far-fetched. I would rather you put me in front of a large crowd on a drum kit and say, Jenny, play the drums. And I've never played the drums. I would rather do that and just try it out and see what happens than play basketball because I've tried to throw a basketball towards a net and it turned the other direction. I was like, the ball went that way. And I'm like, I don't even get it. So in my dream, they're missing a player. Okay. They're missing a player. They're elite athletes and they're missing a player and they're like, we need you. Okay. So I get on this court and they're off and they're doing something else. I'm on this court and I'm like, well, I guess it's time to practice. And I can't make a basket the way they do with all this finesse. So I have to take a granny shot. Okay. So I go under my legs and I'm thinking they're going to come back in here and I'm going to have to just let them all know. Okay. Here's the deal because you picked me. This is the only way I have a fighting chance of making a basket. And I just decided right then that I was going to have to play the best I could with the very little skill I had. And to them, that was actually better than missing a player. And I asked the Lord, I'm like, what is this dream about? And he just said, Jenny, it's all hands on deck. It's all hands on deck, meaning when we're missing players, that's worse than having somebody that maybe just, you know, maybe you haven't been on Facebook Live. I'm not saying Facebook Live is what everybody should do. My point is, is whatever it is that God has called you to do, maybe you're not the best at it. Is that what God's called you to be? Is the best at it? Or has he just called you to have a message to give other people? And so what we have to do is settle in our, in our spirits that when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, I would rather slide in like a flopping duck then be found. Oh, sorry. I just was really intimidated about how everybody else was so much better than me. And I just didn't really have a lot of confidence in myself. And I just really was unsure of myself. You know what that is? That's bearing the talent. That's bearing the thing that God gave you. If you have something to say and you have something to give people, then don't bury it. You know, I had a mantra and I know that word freaks people out because they feel like it's super new agey. Mantra is like a declaration. It's something that God gave me to hang on to. And many years ago, he gave me this and I just held on to it. And it was, the, and I said it before doing anything like this that we're doing right now, before doing um, any type of meeting with a group of people or where I had to like inspire people or I had to develop people. And this was my declaration, my mantra. And it was, I have nothing to prove. And then followed up with, I only have something to give. I have nothing to prove. I only have something to give. Because what that did is it got the eyes off of me because when the enemy comes in and says, well, um, you could have done a little better because he'll do that. He'll act like you hired him to be your, you know, your life coach because he'll come in with a voice that sounds like, okay, you should do that a little better. People really didn't understand you. Um, you, your lighting was really bad. Um, you actually need to lose about 20 pounds. That would be better. People would like you more. You'd be, you know, your ratings would go up for sure. Um, you don't have very many followers. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, you know, that it'll be things like that. And then we start running after all these worldly things to try to do, right? So here comes the enemy on these things. Um, and I guess I just want to ask you, you know, what, this is a real, this is a really major question, but what is your life about? And when I settled it, that I am going to advance the kingdom, even, even is, though it's going to cost me my dignity. It's going to cost me my pride. So here's an example. Even this morning, I've, I've been doing a lot of radio interviews because I had a book released in January. I wrote it two years ago. It takes a really long time to publish a book. Found that out. Um, traditionally published anyway, if you self-publish it, it's a lot faster. Um, but in January, it was released January 7th. So I've had a lot of different radio interviews and every interview is really, really fun. And every interview I hear, you're not answering the question they asked. You're going too long. They're on the other side, rolling their eyes, wishing they had not set up this interview. I mean, it's just, it's just part of it. Every single time, 
every single time. So this morning I'm in my um, kids' playroom in their closet because they don't find me there for some reason. It's like hidden in plain sight, right? Mom's in the toy closet. And that's where I'm doing this radio interview. And I just hear the whole thing like, oh, is you're just going too long and you're this and you're that and blah, 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 blah. It's just normal, normal, normal. And then I um, get up off the floor because I'm sitting on the floor and the interview's over and I get to leave. And guess what? I don't take that conversation with me. I don't go, gosh, maybe I was too, talking too long. Maybe I was this, or maybe I should try better. You know, not, I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't mass, like hone in a skill set. I'm, I'm not saying that, but you know what? Some things you only improve with repetition. Some things you're just going to improve because you have, you have reps, right? But I just, I just told the Lord this morning, I said, you know, if, if other people feel this way, how are they doing? Because when the enemy talks to me like this, I just go, well, you know what? The Lord keeps asking me to do this and he keeps inviting me and he keeps giving me opportunity. And as long as he gives me opportunity, I'm going to say yes, even if it's a granny shot. I'm going to keep doing it because it's more important that I am obeying God. It's more important, not out of like obey because I'm, a re I'm religious. I'm talking about this is the life that God wrote for me. He's been the author of my life and I want to walk on the pages that he wrote for me. And so that's what I'm going to do is I'm just going to walk out the life he gave to me, even if it costs me, well, it'll cost you, it'll cost us a lot, but cost me mainly my pride because you know what pride wants to do? Pride wants to wrestle with it. It wants to say, oh, I do need to get better. You know, we think of pride as arrogance. Pride can be the other way where we feel insecure. And you know what that is? And this is really the point I was making about, um, about, you know, all eyes on me and I've, you know, I've nothing to prove. I only have something to give because I, it turned my eyes away from how did Jenny do? How do, how am I being perceived? Does, do people, do people like my message? Like that is garbage. Okay. Because what it does is it puts our eyes on us instead of Lord, you have put something in my heart that I believe will encourage somebody. And even when I wrote the book, Bob, I, I didn't want to write it. I want to be super vulnerable. And I just remember thinking if my kids read it and their life has changed, it'll be worth every second of it. Okay. So I want to go back to, um, I want to know what thoughts you have. I do have a, a story I want to tell that happened many, many years ago, but it was, it was really impactful. And I think it'll be helpful. With so many can of worms I can open I up know. right now. <laughs> Lots. But I mean, especially like, you know, for myself, I, I, I don't like going on Facebook live. I don't like speaking. I don't like, um, I, I never liked presenting anything whatsoever. I don't like the training aspect of things. I don't really like talking to people. So, uh, <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of things that, I, that are really, that are really against my, who, you know, it, it's funny because, um, this is not a raw talent to me. I, I watch you in the way you articulate words and I'm, and I'm completely amazed of how you can create stories from, I always joke about, you can see an ant that is crawling with a piece, a, gram, a graham cracker and that graham cracker represents the sweetness of the Lord. And they, I mean, just, you create these stories <laughs> that are just absolutely amazing. I'm like, how does he, how does she even think that way? Cause I'm so linear. I don't think that way whatsoever. And that's a good thing about having a, a kingdom partner where we can have each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and play off each other, which is, which is so much fun and, and a, an incredible adventure. But anyways, I didn't want to do a lot of these things. So it's, it's kind of funny that I'm right in the midst of it. I remember recording my first Facebook live and I'm recording this Facebook live and I know what I'm called to do. And I know what I'm, I know where I'm going and it's, it's trickery of the enemy to have Facebook live. And right when you're done recording your live video, there's something that pops up and says, share now. And, and you have an opportunity to delete that thing wow. or share it. And for me, every, literally every time. And I just went yesterday, I was live again yesterday after my live, I was like thinking, you can just delete that nonsense right now. That was five minutes of nonsense. You can delete that and you can say it again. It'll sound so much better if you say it the second time. And I'm saying this stuff to myself because this is just doesn't come natural to me. So, um, and, and for me as well, you know, if and you've you had a the, lot of hours speaking to people, this is yeah. this, you, you know, it'd be really great for us to get on here and say, Hey, it'll just go away. It'll just go away. Don't worry about it. No, it won't. <laughs> yeah. And if somebody says that, like if they're, if, if somebody says when it comes to maybe speaking in front of a few thousand people or, or that, that fear will go away, you'll get, you'll, you'll, you'll do it long enough where all of a sudden you won't fear anymore. And I, and I think that person's lying to your face. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that fear will ever go away because, and, and the reason why is because it doesn't go away with me. 
for the sheer fact that I want to do my very best. I want to leave it all in the field and in any scenario I come to, even though I'm not as afraid when it comes to um, coming into an environment where I become shortness of breath and I start sweating and I'm about to pass out because my breath is so, so off. I don't have that anymore, but um, it, it's, it's just, um, you, you, um, you will always, you will always battle that. Now that doesn't sound enjoyable for people that are, are, are listening to us right now. It's like, well, this doesn't sound like for me at all. And, and, um, but, but there's something special about it where if you conquer the very fear that you, that, that you, that you have inside and you get over it and you conquer it, there's no greater feeling that comes from that. It's, it's an exhilaration. I am not a thrill. I don't want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I don't seek thrills whatsoever, but my thrill is conquering my fear on a daily basis, getting in conversations where I have to confront knowing that when I'm done with that, how I feel is amazing. And if I can conquer yeah. the enemy's voice and I can, I can quiet his voice, becoming really intimate with my father in heaven, getting intimate really what God says about me. It's amazing how that, that Satan's voice will stay in slower. He'll be quieter yeah. and he'll be, um, um, you, you, you won't notice it. He won't stay stick with you as long. So this is for me, um, very awkward mm-hmm. and not natural. Uh, but I know what I've been called to do. And so for me, I just feel good when we're done with well, let's it. Let's just, let's hone in on that. So you said, you know what you've been called to do. So that, that is absolutely paramount to overcoming this. So remember, what is the enemy after he's after your calling? He's after the thing that God put you on this earth to do. So we were joking around the other day with Tiffany, my friend. And I said, you know, Satan's never said to me, Jenny, you're just a horrible dentist. You're just really bad at it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's never said that. You want to know why? Because I haven't been called to be a dentist. And he's right. I'd probably, don't let me work in your mouth. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Don't do that. So why, so we can actually pick up cues and clues to what our calling is based on what is the discouragement that you're hearing? Are you hearing, you are not good at mothering. You really don't have this figured out. You're actually really, um, messing your kids up. Okay. So I would have to say that you have actually uncovered what God is anointing you to do because the enemy will always pick on the place that you are called to make a difference called for your anointing. It's just how it works. So instead of putting our head in the sand or going, Oh, I just wish she'd be quiet. You know, that's not going to happen. What we have, there's a couple of things that we have to do. And we could talk about this for like a couple hours. There's, there's really a lot to say about this. Um, we don't want to do that because we want, um, you know, to be uh, a little bit more concise, but there is just so much goodness that comes from this conversation. There's so much revelation, so much power. One thing I want to bring up is Luke four, and it's actually in a couple different places in the Bible, but Luke four, verse one, um, I want, I just want to read from there because this is, we're, we're going to find that we are right on track when the enemy starts picking on us, when the enemy starts, um, saying, you know, really threatening us at our calling, then we know that we're right on track because this is what happened to Jesus when he was tested in the wilderness. Now I want to point out that 40 days when Jesus was in the wilderness, he, what happened right before this is he was baptized by John the Baptist and the audible voice of God at that moment, when Jesus came up out of the water, the audible voice of God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now this is significant because Jesus had done not a single miracle. He had, he was the son of a carpenter. He was the son of a carpenter. He had been a normal human being, um, abnormal in the fact that he hadn't sinned, but he wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, healing leprosy. He hadn't opened blind eyes. He had done nothing that would prove that he was the son of God, that he actually came from, um, for the Holy spirit. We might lose battery on this one. You guys, we might have to plug that one in. I think there's a charger right over there. Um, so anyway, Here we have Jesus who has done not a single miracle, okay? And God says, this is my son in who I am well pleased. Now listen what happens next, right after he's baptized. 
Okay, he's being baptized and then phase two, and remember he's headed to his ministry. He's headed to into accomplishing the thing that he has been put on the earth to do, which is go to the cross. Okay, and he is, he is going to go into his ministry and here is what happens next. Okay, verse one from chapter four, from the moment of his baptism, from the moment, Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by, you would think Satan, right? Into the desert? No, he was taken by the Holy Spirit. From the Jordan into the lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days. Okay. I mean, this right here, into the lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing. Did you know that the home order for the quarantine is exactly 40 days. Okay, you really need to think about that. The lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days. He ate no food during this time, totally different than our quarantine, and ended his 40-day fast very hungry. It was then the devil said to him, so this is at the end of the 40 days. Now we're kind of, we're almost on the tail end of our 40 days, Bob. So I'm just seeing the parallel here. It was then the devil said to him, if you are really the son of God, command the stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Jesus replied, I will not, for it is written in the scriptures, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Life flows from every revelation from his mouth. The devil lifted Jesus high into the sky and in a flash showed him all the kingdoms and regions of the world. The devil then said to Jesus, all of this with all its power, authority, and splendor is mine to give to whomever I wish. Just do one thing and you will have it all. Simply bow down to worship me and it will be yours. You will possess everything. Okay. What does Jesus do? Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me for it is written in the scriptures. Only one is worthy of your adoration. You will worship before the Lord, your God and love him supremely next. So this isn't working, but he's being, he is being tempted with the things that, you know, he's hungry. He's tired. He's been tested for 40 days. He's been lonely. There's nobody with him. And now the enemy is going after his identity. If you are the son of God, right? Next, the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple and tempted him there saying, if you really are the son of God, see, he's going after this calling, jump down in front of all the people. For it is written in the scriptures, God has given his angels instructions to protect you from harm for the hands of angels will hold you up and keep you from hurting even one foot on a stone. He's basically wanting Jesus to commit suicide. That's what he's trying to get him to do here. Jesus replied, it is also written in the scriptures. How dare you provoke the Lord, your God that finished the devil's harassment for the time being. I really want to bring this up tonight. In another translation, it says until another opportune time. That wasn't the end of the devil harassing Jesus, but he had resisted him enough times. And the Bible says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. And so he resisted, resisted, resisted with the word of God, with the assurance of his calling. He didn't just resist him with his own might and his own power, because guess what? He didn't have any because he was drained, completely drained from fasting. He was absolutely emptied out of self. And so what he had to use in that moment was the word of God. And I don't say this in a religious way. I say this in a, do you want to beat the devil's face in? Because if you do, and you want to get him off your back, you're going to have to pick up something other than your own willpower. And you're going to have to say, you know what? I don't have the willpower. These are flat out discouraging things I'm hearing. And so I am now going to pick up the word of God, which takes faith. It takes zero faith to believe the devil because he's so loud And he's very convincing, right? He's very convincing. He says things like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And you're like, well, that's feels kind of true, right? But when we pick up faith, when we, when we, when we pick up some faith and the Bible says a mustard seed, you don't have to pick up a a wheelbarrow of faith. You got to have a mustard seed, the tiniest little seed. You pick up some faith and you pick up the word of God and you say, this is what God says, right? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But he, um, left him for the time being. So he stood off at a distance, retreating until the time came to return and tempt Jesus again. So he stood off to the side and waited for another time to tempt him. Then Jesus armed with the Holy Spirit's power, returned to Galilee and his fame spread throughout the region. He taught in the synagogues and they glorified him. 
And in, a, in another translation, it even says that the angels um, comforted him, comforted him afterwards because it was so intense, you guys. And so what I'm seeing and what I'm noticing about my own life is that there are these moments that the enemy is intensely going after my calling. He is saying things like, like the other day he said this, Jenny, you're, you're too busy. You're too busy. And I was like, okay, is that the enemy or is that the Lord? Which one is that? Well, number one, um, I feel feelings of shame and guilt. So when you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, you will not feel shame and guilt ever because from him can't come shame and guilt. It only comes encouragement. And so I was like, Lord, just checking, is that you? And he said to me, Jenny, I've called you to do a certain work. Either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Like he wasn't even answering the question, are you too busy? He said, I've called you to do a certain work. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? And he just had to like, we just have to go back to home base. And that is, I've called you to do a certain work. Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? I'm not going to answer the question, are you too busy? That's ridiculous. Okay, so then I was watching a training video on something and I caught a place where I could improve in an area of my life and I felt hopeful and excited to implement that improvement. I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel condemned. I felt hopeful, like, oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna add that to my life. That's what I could add to my life and that gives me a feeling of hope. See, that, that kind of feeling, that is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is, he's an encourager. The Holy Spirit is, he, he's such a good father that he's always backing us and holding us. And he's always, he's always encouraging and he's always, he's always wanting us to keep our eyes focused on him. Okay, not on self, not on, oh, I could do better, right? If you ever feel like your, eye, like your eyes have turned very hard inwardly and you feel like you're just kind of beating yourself up, that is not the Holy Spirit. And I will say this, I had very low compassion for myself for many, many years. I did not, I did not know how to give myself a break, which by the way, that means you're really hard on everybody else around you. So I was hard on him. I was hard on myself. I was hard on everybody else because I did not know how to have compassion for myself. Because of that, I discerned the voice of the enemy. The enemy took advantage of that. So if it was like, oh my gosh, you'd really need to like ramp it up in this area, Jenny. I would be like, oh yeah, I do. You know, because I felt I had that lens on my life. I had that grid of you need to, you need to do better. Okay. And then when I went through um, more healing, I had to go through a lot of healing um, for a lot of different reasons that I won't open that can of worms. Um, but I went through some healing. I got uh, the, the, the love of God. I got in, I got introduced to the love of God in a very, very, very deep way to a point where I, I suddenly felt that God loved me for me, not for my performance. And that began to, to really um, work itself inside of my being to where I could detect when a voice was mean versus hopeful. There's the difference. It was, that's, a, that's mean. That's making me feel bad about myself. It's making me feel like I have to compare myself to others. It's making me feel like I'm not good enough. It's making me feel like I'm alone. It's making me feel like I don't have what it takes, all those things. But this voice, this voice gives me hope. This voice says, good job, Jenny. This voice says, keep going, Jenny. This voice says, you know what? We're going to do that again. And we're just going to get better and better and better at this. And this is awesome. And you're changing lives. And one, if you change one life, it's worth it, Jenny. There's this very encouraging voice. And I, I, I could not detect that that was the, vo the voice of God until I could have compassion for myself. So that might be where some of you are. I do want to share a story, um, Bob, about many years ago. I think it'll help everybody because I believe that there is going to be a, I, want, I guess what's coming to mind is like a face-off. Like there's going to be a point where you and the enemy have to have a standoff. And I, and I had that. And it was many years ago, I was uh, in our business, I was speaking in an arena. So it was a very, for me, it was a large crowd of people. And I loved doing that. It was so much fun, had tons of butterflies, you know, and all that. But I also had 
uh, a fear of man and still that performance, like, I don't want to mess up. I want to do, I want to do as best I can. I want to make sure I don't screw this up. You know, I just had that really rigid, like, I want to nail this. And I was changing lives and I was, you know, very effective in what I was doing, but that pressure was still there to, you know, I didn't have the mantra down. <laughs> I have nothing to prove. I only have something to give. Um, I, I think I had, I think I have something to prove and I do have something to give. I just wasn't all the way there yet, but I was, um, I was on stage and I was given this maybe 30 minute talk or whatever. And the countdown clock was going right. And I thought, okay, um, I'm going to be done when that thing hits zero. I will not go over. Okay. Because the thing that the, that the enemy told me my whole life is you talk too much. Now I am going to trace this back a little bit because it's going to help you, but I can trace that back to one of the nicknames that, um, was said in my family was I was called foghorn. Okay. And like chatterbox. So you think that the childhood names that you're called when you're little don't affect you? Well, what happens is they kind of embed into your, into your mind. And then you're like, okay, is that really me? Right? So that was the stuff I had to heal from. Okay. Back to my story. But I didn't want to over talk. I didn't want to overdo it. And so it was like, when that thing hit zero, I'm going to be done. I'm going to just zip it up and walk off the stage. Well, it's going down 30 seconds, 20 seconds. And I look up and it's like 60 seconds, a minute and a half. And I'm like, what's happening? The, wait, the clock is going the wrong direction. So my mind got really mixed up. I'm still talking. And in the back, a thousand monkeys are going off in the back of my head. Like, like what's going on? Is the clock going in the wrong direction? Is something wrong with the clock? Wait a minute. It's going up because I went over. So it must've gone to zero and now it must be climbing, right? And I'm, that's all going on back here while I'm still talking all by myself on this stage. And so then I realize, and it hits me in the gut. Like I got gut punched. You blew it. You blew it. You are such a failure. I've never had that hard of a blow. And I'm going to tell you what happened next. I realize I'm over. I'm done. I turn around and walk behind the stage and I make a vow. I will never speak again in public. I will never embarrass myself like that. And I was absolutely sure the entire audience knew exactly what I was going through because that's the problem with, um, with what the enemy does. And he just sinks into our pride and he actually makes us think that everybody is that aware of what's happening to us crazy. Walked off the stage. I make a vow. I'm never speaking again. And when I get behind the curtain, I am beelining for the bathroom. Now this is like, you know, in these arenas where the, the backstage bathroom is like the concrete, it's not pretty. It's like this like super concrete, nothing. It's kind of like a, I don't know, it's a really sterile, whatever. And you're by yourself, but I'm beelining for this bathroom. And one of the executives of the company steps in front of me and I'm thinking, please don't talk to me. I'm about to cry. Like I was just like, <gasps> you know, I was like so riveted and so much failure in my body. I mean, so much failure. And he says, man, Jenny, that was amazing. And I was like looking around going, is there another Jenny around here? And I said, thank you. And I was super confused because I was sure everybody knew that I was a big fat failure. And he said, I just see you like, like speaking like a, like a woman of faith someday or something. And this was back, this was many, many years ago, back when they had women of faith and all that. And I was like, I, I was literally like, what, what, what? Like I, it was, it was as far away from how I felt as you can possibly get like the polar opposite, never speak again, man, I see you speaking in arenas. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm actually going to quit and then cry about it. So I walk back to the bathroom and I am just spinning. The inside of me is um, shaking. I get to the bathroom. I get to the mirror. I look in the mirror and I hear the Lord say, you decide. You decide which voice you're going to follow. The one that said, quit, never do this again. Or the one that said, I see you speaking to thousands of women. I mean, I had to, and I, and I felt choose. And I, I just felt in my spirit, the one you choose today is the one that you will live out. And I was given a choice and it was tough love time for me. 
And I just said, okay, God, I, I choose. I choose to, to speak to as many people, whatever you tell me to do. And I'm telling you right now, you guys, I was a hundred percent convinced I was a failure at this. 100% convinced that I was awful, awful. I, I was convinced. So the only part of me that could say yes was the part of me that had a mustard seed of faith. Like, okay, God, okay, okay. I choose you, God. I choose you, not my flesh, not my feelings. I choose you, God, because it would have been easier to quit. It would have been easier because these feelings of being so vulnerable and so open and throwing yourself out there and everybody's got to see you and everybody can have an opinion about you. And it was like, God, I'll do it anyway. And so I just, that was my face off. That was my face off with, with the enemy and the Lord telling me, it's up to you, Jenny. I put life and death before you choose life. And it really does come down to us, you guys. We have to be the one to choose. Now, the enemy has not come after me that hard in that, like that deliberately, like that much of a gut punch since then. But I will tell you that there's these little moments in time where he says, I left you alone for a little bit, but I've noticed that you're really stepping into something new here. And it's almost like we go through another 40 days, right? Another 40 day wilderness experience, because that is when the Lord prunes us so that we can bear more fruit, right? And so right now, this quarantine, this is a pruning time. We're being pruned, 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 right? We're being pruned of so much and it's cutting us back to fruitfulness. And then the enemy says, who do you think you are? And that's what he's doing right now. I know that he's doing this to you guys. If you have stepped forward in, and if you have said, okay, God, I'm going to do this. Even if it's a granny shot, I'm going to do this. I know that the Lord has been doing this to you. How do I know that? Because you and I are not that much different. There's not a whole lot of difference between you and I. Because if the second you begin to say anything that encourages people in Jesus, encourages people to get closer to the Lord, guess what you're doing? You're inviting the enemy to try to get in on the conversation. So here he comes and he's been, he's been doing this. Now it's been said that we are in the roaring twenties and I don't know if you guys have heard much about this, but there is an opposing roar. Okay. There's the roar of the lion of Judah. And then in the word, it says that the enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeing whom he can devour. There is an opposing roar. There's an opposing voice. And we just want to tell you, it's okay. It's okay. It's like my muscles are burning while I work out. Yep, that burns. Yep, that hurts. But I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not going to forfeit my calling. The enemy can't take your calling. He can just wear you out, wear you out until you finally just go, you can have it. I don't want this life, right? And here's the thing. We think, we think Oh, it'd be so much easier if I just lived like this. The second you step out and you start doing these things, and Bob, you can speak to this, um, but the second we step out, we start doing things, and then we're like, wait a minute, I think I want my old life back. I want my smaller life back. I want the life back that I had no pressure, that I, I didn't have to put myself out there, that I didn't have to like bear all, that I didn't have to like look like the granny shot on the court right? I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the one that people are like excited about. And, and I don't want to be an idiot, right? But God calls us to a place where it's like, we need you. We need you on the court. And so then we start dreaming and daydreaming about a life that we think we want. And really what's happening is we're handing our destiny over to the enemy. And I just want to tell you the life you think you want in those times that you feel discouraged and you're like, Jenny, I'm just done. There's nothing you can say to convince me. I want my small life. I don't want to put myself out there anymore. It's too hard. It's too painful. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's no fruit in that. There's no fruit in that life, that fantasy life that you think you're going to be so happy living small. No, there's no fruit in that. You know where there's fruit? There's fruit in surrender. There's fruit in obedience. There's fruit in the life that the author wrote for you. And so if some of you have been trying to write your own story, like, I know you have a story for me, God, but I'm just, it's just, I'm just talked myself out of it. I'm just going to go do this instead. I want you to stop right now. I want you to pivot and get back in the game. I want you to get back in the game and I want you to run at this thing. And I want you to stop overanalyzing yourself. I could pick apart every single video I do. I've watched videos of me and I, and I just don't go there anymore. I don't go, oh my gosh, what did I do with my hair that day? Like, wow, I shouldn't have worn those jeans. Oh, my butt looks big. Like you can, you can go forever. And I just decided I don't play with the enemy. 
I'm not going to play with the enemy. I'm not going to play with fire like that. I'm just going to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you've called me. Thank you, God, that you have an amazing life for me. Thank you, God, that you continue to encourage me. Thank you, God, that you want me to do this, even if I'm not perfect at it. Thank you, God, that you've given me an opportunity to change lives. Thank you, God, that I can't do this wrong. I can't do this wrong because it's your word and it's your word that produces life in people, not me. So I'm just going to continue putting your word out there. So I just want to encourage you and I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to not forfeit the better life for the one that you think you want. The one you think you want isn't the fruitful life. The one that is just, you know what? I'm going to go into eternity with scars and bleeding and scrapes and broken bones. But you know what, Lord? I'm just going to high five my way into eternity and go, that was awesome. That was awesome. I would rather look at like that condition than looking like a Pinterest post. Like I hadn't been through nothing except for just spending a whole bunch of energy trying to um, live a perfectly put together life. Okay, so I just um, obviously have a lot to say because Bob's, I'm not even letting Bob talk. So Bob, (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing unusual about this moment. Um, Babe, would you, I know you have so much wisdom. You have so much to, to, to talk about here. I want you to definitely, I know the temptation is not to open up a a bunch of worms, but just what are the thoughts that you have? um, Anything else that you think is really good to share? I I don't know if there's anything that we really need to continue on with what you just shared, because I think it was absolutely powerful. I think the word that keeps on coming into my mindset and really my spirit, the way people are acting right now is, is, is coming to a point of true repentance. You know, repentance yeah. is just turning around. People are right now sitting and looking in the exterior environment or looking at their emotions, looking how they feel, looking some of these, some of the people that are around them, telling them certain things and how they act, should act or how they shouldn't act. And, and when sometimes Satan uses people to speak into our lives yeah. and, 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 uh, there was a time I'm going to share one story, Jenny, and then, then we'll be moving on. But I really think we're, we're at a point right now in this Facebook live and, and, and really in life that we really need to repent. There's so much more life ahead of us, whether it be one day or whether it be 50 years, there's so much life ahead of us. And you are called to make a major impact. We are called, I am called to be the salt and light. I'm called to be a massive encourager to people that are around me. And, and I'm, I'm basically representing Jesus here on earth. I want kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what I, that's what I, I'm, I'm pursuing where if God forbid I pass away tomorrow, that whatever my life has done has been leading up to this moment, the interactions I've had that I've, I've spoke life into people. I look at people's um, eyes, making eye contact, knowing that I'm speaking to the King and every single person and not the fool. Um, There was one moment when um, I was battling really this whole premise of really like speaking and and you're aware of the story. Nobody else has heard this story and, and don't let these stories um, um, misrepresent my confidence in, in really what I've been called to do. We, we have this confidence. is basically it's, it's, it's not confidence in my abilities, knowing that God will make all my crooked paths straight, that it was my intention and my heart is based upon integrity and, and walking in that, that, that wholeness. Um, I think he's going to, it's, it's going to be turned out. Okay. And, um, so I just have this confidence that I, I, I don't have any confidence in, in myself, you know, thank God. That's when I relinquish all control over to my father. But um, there's this one time and I was, I was battling just how I uh, would speak and just my methodology and just, I mean, you'd beat yourself up. And I remember we were in this, in this, this training, there was only the top, um, you know, it was 100 to 150 leaders in this one small confined space. And uh, one of the, the, executives up there was talking about, you know, training and he goes, I, I, and he was giving a training on how to speak. Okay. Which is all good. I mean, I need to learn and I need to grow. There's no question about that. Um, and he's given a training on how to speak. And he was like, I, I asked a young man to go, who's your favorite, um, favorite speaker that you like to listen to within this business? And, um, he didn't mention any names and he, and he goes, okay, that's, that's good news. So he likes to, he likes to talk fast. He likes to make funny jokes. He likes, you know, stories. And I started thinking that this guy is this, I literally started thinking this executive is talking about me and, and he used it in, in a negative light that he goes, okay, so he's, he's fast. He likes to talk fast. He likes to make funny jokes. So what content have you learned from them? And the person couldn't, couldn't, 
name any content. And I remember sitting back and saying, well, you know, bless your heart. I go, I just don't need to speak then, don't do I? And I remember him saying that stuff. And, and um, nowadays, I don't, I don't really care. It's, it's, we need to have moments of, of these, these defined moments of clarity that we can go back to knowing that that was a tactic of the enemy and say, you'll no longer be underneath Satan's you know, shadow on your life. And so I remember going back to those moments like that and saying, you know what, that was just a ploy to get me away from really what I feel like I've been called to do. And I do talk fast. I do make stupid jokes and I really don't care. And I will continue moving forward and say, doing the same thing because that's how God made me. And so I'm just willing to walk in my identity. And I think some people are, uh, we live in a, in a world, whether it be through church or whether it be through business, where we try to copy um, every person I always mention is that there's, there's that God only made one you. If you try to be somebody else, you're always gonna be second place and nobody likes losers. Nobody, if you're not first, you're last. last. Come on, baby. You know, these things. And so, uh, <laughs> so anyways, I, I want, I want, we want to win. And the only way you can win is be yourself. And I know that that's, I think that's a time. This is a, this is a moment. This is a calling for people to say, you know what? Uh, I'm, I will no longer pretend and be like somebody else. I'm no longer going to, um, imitate. <laughs> That's okay. We're worshiping right now. Thank you. <laughs> worshiping as I came on is perfect. I love it. So anyways, um, I, I, I think people right now, especially in this quiet time, there's, there's got to be right now going back to, okay, what are you called to do? Who are you? Yeah. No, no, no longer saying, who do you think you are? It's, it's who are you? And it's God speaking life into you. Yeah. Amen. I'm glad that worship music came on because earlier before we came on here, we had worship music music blaring in our house and I was just in the living room, just worshiping. And it's like, you know, put I was your dancing. Hand. You see me dance. <laughs> he was dancing. It's powerful. And I was just, just, God, thank you. Thank you, God, for just you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're so big. You're so amazing. And, and, you know, despite the voice of the enemy, despite his kick in the shins, what can we do to overcome him? Yes, we speak the word of God, but you know what is so powerful is to worship your face off. You know, he hates that. He's not going to stick around for a worship session. He's not going to stick around for you verbally saying, God, you're so good in your living room and letting your kids just go, there goes mom again. You know, yes, there goes mom again. And I want to tell you something, you know, it's like, especially for you parents, getting the music cranked up, worshiping God in the kitchen while you're making dinner, doing the dishes, like just hallelujah. Don't we love Jesus kids, you know? And they, they can laugh at you. They can do all that. But tonight I said, Bob, you got to come see this. Cause I was in the, in the kid's bedroom and I opened up Esther's closet and inside her closet, she's, she just turned 12 and it's the cutest thing. She has Esther's vision board and she drew all these different things. And one of the things that she drew was enjoying God's presence and a cross. And I thought a 12 year old on her vision board is that she will live a life enjoying God's presence. You know how many times the enemy told me that I sucked at, a, at motherhood? You know how many times he was like, you really are not giving them enough word they're not learning about Jesus. You're not doing enough. You're not putting in enough hours, Jenny. Well, I just took that vision board and I cranked up the music even louder. And I said, look at that devil. Look at that. My 12 year old on her vision board for her life vision is to enjoy the presence of God. So you know what? You lose because you're a loser and you were defeated. And that's the thing. And I think we could probably end on this, but for anybody listening, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, I just want to, um, I want to call you there. I want to call you to that, to that place. See the Lord created you. You had a creator. You didn't, you weren't made from nothing. You didn't, there weren't stars that collided and boom, all of a sudden this awesome person came from it. There was a creator that was absolutely, absolutely crazy about you, put you together, called you his own. And then we had the fall of man. The fall of man was just sin entered the world and sin separated us from a relationship with God because God and sin cannot come together. They, they cannot, it's like oil and water. They can't mix. And so God said, I'm going to, you know, sin, the punishment for sin is death. It's eternal death. It's hell. And God said, no, 
no, this isn't, this, this is not my plan. So he actually had one person, his very own son went to death, died, paid the consequences of your sin and my sin was punished. That's why they called him the scapegoat. He was, he was ab, ab, absolutely punished for all of our sins, for your sins and mine. He paid the price. He went to hell. He took back the authority. He actually um, defeated Satan in those three days in the tomb, defeated death, and then rose again. That was Easter. That's what we were celebrating, the risen king, because he defeated death. And so for those of you that don't have a relationship with Christ right now, and you're really trying to do this all on your own, I just have to ask you, how is that working for you? How is it working trying to drum up a good enough attitude and trying to be a good enough person? It's very, very, very difficult because it doesn't work. And there's something in our heart that feels accused and feels ashamed for not being good enough. And Jesus Christ, he took that shame away at Calvary. And so I just... Here it's it's really this simple. It's saying, you know what, Lord, I I absolutely confess that I am a sinner. I have sinned. I have I I I deserve death, right? I deserve eternal death. But I believe that you sent your Son Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, when He went to the cross, He went and He paid for my sins. He paid for my sins, and and God, you did that with your very own Son. When you believe in your heart and you confess your th- with your mouth, and you can just write out out loud, say, "Yep, that's me, Lord. That's me. I believe that." And if you say that out loud with your mouth, do you know and believe in your heart? Do you know that right now that your name gets written in a book, the Lamb's Book of Life? And when when all of us are going to take our last breath, I know that's a shocking news, but you know what? A lot of people don't think about it. We're going to take our last breath. This Earth suit is going to give way. Right, none of us know how long we're going to live, but we're going to take a last breath, and then the next one is going to be: Do we go this way or do we go this way? Hell was never meant for humans; it was never meant for God's creation, and so our sins are paid for. Meaning, welcome, welcome, welcome to heaven. Your sins are paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. They've already been paid; the bill's already been paid. And so, when people don't want their sins paid for by Jesus, I it blows my mind because it's like, so you want to pay that bill. You want to pay the bill of, of, of all this really. Okay. Well, I don't get that. I don't understand that because Jesus Christ already paid the bill. There's nobody here. If somebody said, Oh, you know, you would try to pay a bill at a restaurant. There's nobody here that would say, Oh, I want to pay it twice. What do you mean? Somebody paid it for me. Well, I'm going to pay you anyway. (laughs) The thing about it is whether you have put your faith in Jesus Christ or not, he actually already paid for your sins. The only thing that remains is that you receive that gift, that you receive the payment and say, thank you, God. Thank you for paying for my sins. That's salvation. That is what we call being saved. Okay, it doesn't mean all your problems go away, but it does mean that you become a new creation and there's a new breath and your body takes a new breath and you have your spirit comes from, from death to life. And so it's, it's a beautiful gift. It's the most important gift you could ever receive. And if you've never received it, then I'm just going to encourage you right now. It'd be the very best decision you could ever make. So thank you guys for getting on here. Um, just as a, just to help us kind of know where you guys are. And I really felt that this was a really strong word. Would you go ahead in the comments and leave anything that you feel like, Hey, this is what Satan's been trying to tell me, but tonight I heard this or this is something I found encouragement with tonight, or maybe you want to say something to encourage the other people that are on here and listening. And so I would just ask you right now, if you could just put something down in their co- in those comments, that would be, um, I think, really helpful for everybody. Anything that you want to say, maybe, you know, this little point here that really grabbed me, or, hey, this is something I've been thinking about. I think it'll help others. Or maybe you just want to confess and say, you know what? I put my faith in Jesus Christ tonight for the first time. Or maybe you need to re- rededicate your life to Christ and say, you know, I'm coming back home. I did this when I was at, you know, church camp when I was nine, but you know what? Tonight I feel like, I feel like God's calling me and I need his help. I need his help. I need his, I need his spirit. I need his power. I need his love. I need his presence. And so if that's you, please put that in the comments. So we love you tons. Anything else, Bob? All right. We love you. Let's pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much that you created us for yourself. I thank you, God, that you have given us power, that you've given us life, God. And I ask you, Lord, to give us the courage, Father, to trust you, to to trust you, God, just to put our trust in you, put our, our ever living trust in you. 
for our life, God, for our, for these times, God, for our finances, for our children, for our life, God, and for our eternity, that we would put our eternity in your hands, God. And we thank you, Lord, for that courage. I ask you, Father, right now to breathe on every single home, on every single person that's listening tonight and all their family members. And I ask for a special um, worship celebration in every home that's listening tonight. And I see it. I see worship music going on. You know, if you think I've never played worship music, I don't even know how to find worship music. Go to hillsong.tv. Go to Bethel. TV. Go to get the Lavish album from Tetelestai Ministries. That's our ministry. Um, go to iTunes, get something, download it and crank it up. Put it through the airways of your home. I just see a celebration happening and I see your spirit being lifted. I see wings coming on your back. I see that there's kind of a hope arising that's happening um, after tonight. So Father God, I thank you, God. That's a supernatural thing. That's nothing a man or woman can do, but it is a supernatural thing. So Father God, I thank you, Lord, for hope arising and collective church. We love you so much. Thank you for being on here tonight. Um, We just bless you guys. You guys are incredible. And thank you for putting your hand to the plow. Thank you for getting on the basketball court, no matter what that looks like. We want every single one of you smack dab in the middle of the yes that God has for you. We love you tons and we'll be seeing you guys soon. Okay. Have a really great weekend.